Welcome to the Good Vibes Podcast with Clark M. Pistato and Ryan G. Hold on, here we go. Got it. Hey, here we go. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Good morning, buddy. Good to see you. You know, we we took the week off for uh, Father's Day or the weekend off, I should say. Yes, we did. We wanted to be good fathers and spend time with our families. And so we thought uh, we were excited. We have a good topic. Obviously, we want to talk about fathers, but yes, it being Father's Day, we thought it would be more fatherly to spend time with our families and kind of practice what we're about <laughs> preach. to preach. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Can't be hypocrites. Spend be time funny. with your families, focus on your family. But aren't you guys working, doing a podcast, not being with your families? Yeah, but that it's for you guys. It you guys got to do this. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah. That's true. That's exactly why we didn't do it. We didn't want to be a, a mm-hmm. hypocrite in that sense. But, you know, we thought it'd be a good topic to talk about. I mean, uh Fatherhood has definitely changed in the past couple of decades. Uh, there's a lot more challenges out there. Um, you know, I always found it interesting that technically anyone could be a dad, right? I mean, it's, sure. it's, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't take much work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. There, there's a big difference between being a dad uh, and a father or a father figure. And what's kind of what I was kind of thinking about over Father's Day and, and this week is, you know, what's interesting about the word is look at the Old and New Testament. And God is referred to as the Father, mm-hmm. um, or Catholic churches. Your your the priest is called Father. Um, mm-hmm. the The reason I think that they're called Father, being a father figure, is it takes time, energy, and patience to be a mentor and teacher to your children, and and, and be it the ultimate Father, be it God. I mean, we're all His children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think that's very interesting. That I've always viewed it that anyone could be a dad. You know, you get a girl pregnant. Yay, there's dad. Sure. He's in your yeah, life. Yeah. He's not in your life. Who knows? But to be a father, it's a commitment. And, and I think that's the big uh, difference. And I think that's where, unfortunately, we're losing ground today. And we're seeing the issues with some of these, the the younger generation. Yeah, I agree, man. I uh, Fatherhood's always been a weird topic for me. Right. Because I grew up without a father. And he died when I was very young. My parents divorced when I was even younger. I think I was one when they divorced, I don't know, six or seven when he died. And so I have maybe two or three kind of flashback memories of him. But again, I was so young. Um, I even remember when the phone call came in that he died. It didn't even bother me because it was a dude I didn't even know. Right. And I don't even know what that age I knew what death was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew he'd been in a motorcycle accident and I just I didn't really comprehend it because he had never been a part of my life. And I grew up always kind of wondering, you know, there was a few pictures my mom had and stuff that she had kept for me. And once in a while, I'd look at them and you wonder like, you know, what kind of man was he? Uh, what attributes of his do I have? Things like that. You know, it's, I can see some of myself and my mom and my mom's side of the family, but really not a lot. You know, her side is fairly wealthy, a lot of doctors, lawyers, things like that on that side. Whereas, you know, I was a little booger eating kid that wanted to be a ninja and do karate and break dancing and all the things we've talked about in other episodes. And oh, yeah. I did grow up to serve, you know, as, as in the military and as a cop. And, and none of that is on my mom's side of the family. Hmm. And so I just thought, you know, some of that shit has to come from my dad's side. So oh, yeah. 
fast forward, I get reconnected with one of my older half brothers on my dad's side, and he's a retired Green Beret who's really? now a firefighter. Yeah, who's now That's a firefighter. Weird. Yeah, my oldest brother Joe, and I'm like, holy shit! I found him. I did a Google search. Wow. Found that uh, my birth name on my dad's side has a website, and so the curator of that website is my older half brother Joe. And and so I emailed it. He emailed me back. We exchanged phone numbers and we talked for like three hours. And I was so stoked that he was a retired Green Beret. And I told him, of course, that I was a former team guy and he was blown away and that I was a cop. And as a firefighter, he was blown away. And Dude. so it's it's how much of that shit's genetic. In fact, every male right. from my grandfather down on my dad's side all served in the military. So that's where I got the that bug. DNA. Yeah. So I, I realized how important. Uh, fatherhood is, you know, genetically who you're related to, all this stuff comes mm -hmm. into play. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, fatherhood obviously became a, a thing when I became a father. Uh, and it was a unique situation because I was a young father. So now looking back on it, I think, oh my God, I was not, I was a dad. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a very good father. I tried to be, but I was a young college kid. I wanted to join the Navy. You know, it's, uh, it's tough. So I think not to jump around too much, but I think now since my daughter has come to live with us from Thailand is the first time I've actually been a real father, like mm -hmm. in the moment, trying to teach life lessons, talking about my mistakes, not just sure. being there. Like even when I had my oldest daughter, I was still busy with the city of Phoenix. I was working weird hours. I was focused on maybe the next search warrant we were gearing up for. Like I, even when I was home, I was grumpy. I was tired. Right. You know, I just I wasn't a father. And yeah. so it means a lot more to me now. And, and I've done as much damage control as I can with my oldest daughter. We talk on the phone all the time. And when we see each other, things are great. But I was a little late to the father party is what I'm getting at. And so, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, well, what makes a father? What what can guys do to actually, like you said, any any dude can put his dick in something and become a dad. That doesn't take much. But what are some of the things like that you do that make you a good father and maybe things your father did? You have that example, which I don't. And so I kind of want to pick your brain on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're talking about here is is being a father is optional. Like like you said, you know, it's uh, but the cool thing is men step up all the time, right? There's either adoption or you stepfathers or even you who didn't maybe pops was involved in life. There are role models. So it doesn't have to be a birth father, mm. right? That's why I think it's such mm. a cool phrase to say a father figure. I mean, you can have multiple father figures. It doesn't even have to be your birth father. You could have a birth father, but maybe it's your high school football coach. Your hockey coach could be a father figure. Your, um, True. Your, you mm. know, you're a religious leader, uh, an uncle, um, I think I think you kind of take tidbits from different mentors or quote father figures that you kind of respect and look up to and and these could be things you read it could be your own father it could be like I said these these different leaders or coaches in your life you kind of take these nuggets and you're kind of like writing the book the guide on what type of father to be and in the 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 interesting thing and the shitty thing about that book is it's written in pencil right because you're constantly erasing yeah, and updating true. the book. And, Very I, true. Yeah. It is. It, if you're so set in your ways of being a father, you're. I don't think uh, you. There's the potential of raising them, the, their kids, of being black and white, no gray. Mm. I mean, mm. there's a lot of gray. Um, I think 
the there there is no book to do this and like i said um picking different influences like you know again i've said multiple episodes winston churchill is a big influence great example of a man in strength and diversity and trouble those are good lessons you should definitely pass on to your children right i mean uh, to deal with adversity one of the greatest things that i started to do recently and I, I love this is everyone everyone typically when they come home they see their kids they say um you know tell me about your day what tell me what are the great things it's very easy to rattle off your great things and almost in a sense you're conditioning a behavior to constantly talk about the good well guess what i say tell me the worst thing that's happened to you i want to hear mm. the worst thing and the reason why i want to hear that is how did you get past it today Wait, mm. are you dead? Nice. Are you still living? Is is yeah. things still good? Is it still good vibes, <laughs> son? And that is going to build advert that same strength. Saying, "Wait a second, I, today this sucked, but I survived." Yeah. And that's where growth sucked. comes from. Yeah, overcoming adversity. Yeah, exactly. So I think nice. it's important to uh, you know I love hearing the good stuff, but you also have to teach kids to deal with the bad shit, and that's what we're kind of seeing. In society right now with younger men and women, I mean, women act out differently, more sexually versus violently. Um, mm. And it's the result of the lack of guidance and the influence from these father figures we're talking about. And and I could only pray that this has to be restored. It, it's, it's, it's our duty as men not to abandon these responsibilities. And I think what really freaked me out is I was doing a little bit of homework and I... And, uh, I came across that it was more than 20 million children live in a home without a, a physical presence of a father. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you got to keep in mind too, uh, you know, millions more have dads that are physically present, but are yeah. emotionally absent. Or just shit dads. You better yes. off not having, you know, if he's a violent alcoholic or a drug user or womanizer or whatever, you know what I mean? Sometimes you have a dad, but it's, unfortunately a horrible example of a dad and then some things could be generationally taught you know like sure you well, know it's I mean, most people that are abusers were abused themselves as kids and so there are you know it's not always good having uh and it's not just dads i mean there's good moms and shit moms as well oh sure but focusing on the the male role model i do like how you said like in my example i didn't have a dad but there's other ways to find father figures of course there were mm-hmm. teachers uh, that were paramount. My mom did a great job of wearing both hats. Sure. She supported us in whatever sports. She's a big sports fan, even though she never really played sports herself. And so, of course, coming with that, and maybe that was part of her tactics, was the coach. Mm. The coach will be a father figure to these kids. And so mm-hmm. the different sports we were involved in, I had a couple of hockey coaches that were very pivotal. Um, she also enrolled me in the big brother, little brother program at the YMCA back in the day. That's right. You've talked and, about that. Yeah. And that dude, to this day, I still talk to him. I just talked to him, you know, on my birthday last month. And uh, and that's amazing. I first met him when I was nine years old. 40 years later, we still talk. And he taught me how to work on cars. You know, I'd always go over to his house. I think when I was in high school, I spent more time at his house working on my Camaro then when I was a kid, but he taught me we would go camping and he's a very almost hippie-ish gentle dude. And I'm glad I had that influence mm. uh, in my life. He was very, very, very intelligent, very introspective, had me look at things a different way. I spent every weekend at his house as a kid from nine years old until I was a teenager. And then I was 
like I said, over there all the time because I had car car problems. And But talk about the ultimate father figure. Um, lucky, blessed to have, uh, you know, him in my life for sure. And so. Dude, that's where um, you got your hippie side. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It was definitely from, from Roger, for sure. That was a very kind, gentle. That's awesome. Loved outdoors. You know, even if it snowed out, we would, you know, lay out these little. He had one of those camping vans that we would drive up as far as we could in the hills. And then he, like the couch of it had these cushions. We'd lay them on the snow and sleep on our sleeping bags under the stars. No and way. It was really cool. Like it wasn't glamping at all. This dude's a hardcore outdoors dude. And it just taught me love and respect for nature and, and really put a, a soft streak in me that's still there to this day. Had I not had a man like that in my life, I, you know, I, I'm already a pretty violent dude. I mistakenly found some father figures in the Navy, <laughs> which my advice is the military might not be the best place to find father figures. If you're a fatherless child, come on, especially Master Chief. Team. Yeah. You're going to be some violent tattooed motherfuckers teaching you about life when you're like 18, 19 years old. Uh, don't, don't recommend that there are good people, but uh, I'm glad I had a hippie Roger. <laughs> Well, kind of smooth me out, you know. Also, too, like, you know, talk about Roger and, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, back then, I feel like there was more focus uh, as being a father or father figure. And what I mean by that is, like we said, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago is you could you could still be a father and come home and, and still be disconnected. And it's because these, mm-hmm. the damn inventions of the, the digital device. I mean, I, I've seen it plenty of times. I mean, I've seen fathers uh, or mothers out at uh, restaurants and they're on the phone the whole the whole dinner yeah uh, I've seen it uh, you know with some of my own friends like uh, you know I'll be over their house and we have our families together and they're you know they're on their device they're on their device they're on their device and yeah you gotta think Isn't that, that sad? it but mm. you gotta think about what it does mentally you know you you have this range where you're like God to their child right it's you know they're t- they're Younger years to their tweens, teenagers, you know, we all know what happens, but think yeah. about it. they're always coming, hey, daddy, look at this, daddy, look at this, daddy, look at this. I and they feel like, uh, hold on one minute, uh, no, yeah, just uh, one second, hold on, yeah. Well, what is that <laughs> doing? This, yeah. What is that doing yeah. then subconsciously and mentally that here's, here's this figure it's showing them you're not important, something that's ex- else is more important. Right. That's you maybe mm-hmm. you're excited, you want to show them something you did, drew a picture, whatever, and yep, and those, those years are the most beautiful years of, of a child's development and you never get them back. And I know this because all three of my kids, I was there from birth until about four or five. And then I was gone. I was overseas working and all three of my kids got reconnected with when they were teenagers, uh, which is fine. I, I'm very uh, happy and I feel fortunate to be reconnected to all three of them. Um, a sec, I got a second chance at trying to be around and being a good guy, but I missed the really good part. I always say I went from shitty diapers to shitty attitudes. <laughs> dude, <laughs> you that's, know? that's once, Yoda shit right there, man. Dude, <laughs> well, good. once you get them when they're teenagers, it's, you know, they're doing teenager shit. Like you said, like, yes, yeah. they still love you, but they have, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, right. friends, hobbies, things. And so, but there's that window maybe from like, five to 11 years old where you are the center of their universe and they just, it's so magical. And and I missed that part on all three of my kids. So if any fathers out there, no job is more important that there, there's voluntary absence. And then there's, you know, like I, 
I don't know what term I would try to use the excuse version of an abs. It's like there's some fathers just don't give a fuck and they bounce. Right. Happens right. all the time. Now, then there's the absent father like me that always uses work as an excuse. I got another deployment coming up or now I'm working weird hours with the city of Phoenix. So I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Well, my daughter has to go to school, so she's going to bed early. Mm-hmm. I have to work the weekends when she's willing to, you know, hang out. Do, you know what I mean? It was, we were like two ships passing in the night. It was yeah. horrible. I, I definitely could have and should have done something better with my schedule and just told my sergeant, I need different hours if I'm going to stay with the city. Or I mean, sometimes that's an uphill battle, but it's still an option. I wish I had just basically been around more. I mean, I, I when I was in Iraq in 07, I did remember fuck my kids, my two oldest are teenagers. Now it wasn't like a, an epiphany, like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. That's why I decided to bounce off my second pump over there. I'm like, dude, I don't want to die. And they never knew their dad know me. Yeah. They had like me, they have a couple of flash, <clears throat> excuse me, couple flashback memories and that's it. And I got very scared when I was over there. I said, I want to go back and I would pray, please. I don't ask for much for myself. I try to pray for others but please bring me home safe just so I can hug my kids. I want them to know me. And when I did come home and drove out to California, man, they tackled me on the curbside there, right in the grass. And it was the biggest hugs from my oldest son and daughter. And I was so grateful for that moment because I realized, damn, I'm fucking around in these, you know, not nice places, very easy to get killed. And, and my kids won't even know they'll just believe whatever rumors (laughs) their mother's right. telling them about me and uh and so don't do that if there's any dads out there listening man i don't care if you're a ceo but you're gone on business trips and you're you know, just you gotta you know your kids they don't oh. give a fuck remember what tom satterley told us his 14 year old son said dad i don't yeah. i don't give a fuck that you're delta force i'd rather have you work at home depot but you're home every weekend what is that that kind of bursts our man. ego bubbles because we yeah. think like oh, our kids are proud that we're these badass soldiers or these high powered business. They don't give a fuck. They just know you're not there. Well, it doesn't you know, matter. You're bringing up something really powerful and it's great advice. It's it's almost like you have to opt to be the CEO of your of your children, be the master chief of your children, mm-hmm. be 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 that type of leader first. And and what's really cool yeah. is it's uh you're given such perspective based on your journey of being a father. And and I think you're you know not to blow sunshine up your ass, but you, you're doing a really good job when um, our, our two episodes or three episodes, again, you want to be a frog man. You were flat out honest with that young man where you said, listen, mm. you're going to be a dad or anything. You're not going to be a dad. So yeah. go go be the frog man. Then go mm-hmm. focus on being the father. You know, so yep. it's really cool because you could give that perspective now that that you've had this journey. So I, I think that's really good advice though, to, to people out there right now. That's, that's solid. Well, any job, I just know it's, it's human nature is dads. We want to be providers, which is fine, but there's a balance. <clears throat> Excuse me. The guys I work with now, for example, the linemen, it's a very transient career field. And these guys are oftentimes out of state, far from home. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're making crazy money, but guess what? You're not there. And I tell them guys, Take as many breaks as you can to go home. Like, I know this is, you love this profession. They're very passionate. They love being linemen and they make good money, but they're not there. Most of them aren't there for their kids. And so I I try to kind of pay it forward or pay back the good karma I've had and try to encourage the younger dads, even in the utility industry, go home as much as possible, 
take as much time between jobs. If this job winds down, don't hit the books and jump on another job next week. Go home for a month. You motherfuckers make enough money. You cannot work well, for a month and be fine. You know, how old are, are those typically those those gentlemen in their 20s? Upper 20s. Yeah, they're most of them I would say are probably mid 20s to early 30s is the bulk well, of the workforce. You got to think about this from this perspective. So you basically have 12 years to make the difference. That's mm-hmm. it. After 12, yeah. they become a teenager and it's a they're whole little... different role to being a father. So 12 yeah. years, it, 12 years is nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, are you worried about money? Well, you know, it, another 12 years you can make e- even more money. Okay. I yeah, mean, for sure. You know, also, I, you know, you're a father of a daughter. I'm a father of a daughter. And, you know, uh, it's, it's really key to remember that, um, you know, fathers just don't influence boys. Um, we probably have such great influence on our daughters. Um, if you think about it, a father's love helps validate her worth and her humanity and her dignity for the future. I mean, yeah. we, we joke around. We all know what happens to the absent father with the daughter. We know where they go work, right? Uh, oh, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> well, and you got to realize <clears throat> when you're raising a daughter as a father, you're kind of her first love. You know what I mean? You're teaching True. her Respect. at some level about relationships with males. And so you have mm-hmm. to be kind and gentle and understanding and empathetic. And these are these are things you're teaching her to look for in her first boyfriend or her yeah. her husband or when mm-hmm. she gets older. Yeah, her mate. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be very careful. If you're just this gruff, overbearing, tough dude, what kind of relationship is she going to have with males? Is she going to seek just some macho bullshit dude that if you don't have a million bucks and big biceps, you ain't shit? Like you have to be careful what picture of masculinity you're painting for your daughters and, yes. and even for your sons too. Your sons are watching. What kind of man am I going to be? What kind of man is my dad? Now it's 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 a little bit different. It's what he's going to grow into, and I think your daughter is looking at what type of relationship she's possibly going to end up in the future. And that all starts with the dad. That's how important that relationship is. And I don't think a lot of young <laughs> dads realize that. You know? No. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm giggling because uh, I remember my daughter uh, and both my son. They they fill out for Father's Day. It's like you know, Dad's favorite TV show, Dad's favorite band or things. And uh, what you know, why I love your dad that both both of them said the same thing because he's always prepared. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, good. I, I, I but guess what they're going to be when they're adults. They're going to be prepared. Like I took examples from my mom, and it's not even that my mom specifically taught me stuff but she led by example. I never remember her calling in sick from work. She was never late. She was always early. She always taught me before the military. If you're not 15 minutes early or late. And I saw this by example, and she always dressed professionally, acted professionally after school. I would go hang out. She worked at Colorado college. So I would go hang out there, hit the weight room. When I was younger, I would skateboard around campus, but just seeing how she lived her life was a great example to me the way she kept the house always clean and cooked very healthy food and so mm-hmm. these are things that our kids are watching they, they watch are. if you're if you're a slob guess what your kids are probably going to grow up to be slobs if you're overly fanatical about sports probably will you know what i mean like they see that example now me it worked the you're opposite right. my, my my mom and my brother are huge sports fans and i found it annoying because they would always like yell and clap and cheer at the 
the TV. Yeah. And I'm trying to play fucking with my Skeletor and Castle Grace going like, hey, keep it down, man. He man's about to get his ass whooped, you know? So I I didn't catch that sports bug from my family. But, you know, the point is, is be the example to your kids because they're watching. It's not necessarily what you teach them. You know, some of that they'll absorb, some of that they won't. But it's observation more than anything. The way you carry yourself. 100%. If you walk with pride, if you're courteous to people, if you hold doors open for people, there you go. your kids see that. Absolutely. And my mom raised me to be very polite. Call my friends, parents, Mr. And Mrs. So-and-so, yep. holding Manners. doors open for people, mm-hmm. always making eye contact with somebody you walk by and smile at them. I do that even at the gas station filling up. You catch people off guard and you can tell they're surprised, happily surprised. That someone acknowledges their existence if they're not on a phone. It makes sense. It it does. It does. It brightens their day up. If you just look at them and say hi, or if I'm at the gym, same thing. You know, if I'm walking by somebody, I'll just kind of smile and wave at them or whatever it is. And these are all things that I've learned from my mom and not just being taught, but watching her do this as I walk around downtown. Yes. With her. So it's it's that persona of good vibes, man, making people smile Mm -hmm. and laugh. And, you know, I I like how, you you know, you refer violent hippie. I think that's the best type of dad. (laughs) Well, seriously, it's like, dude, be be that smiley, happy, go lucky, make people happy, you know, fun, outgoing, no worries. But at the same time, if someone comes to, you know, threaten the family or you they don't don't want to bring out the lion right so (laughs) yeah you got to be the protector too and i i can promise you my family knows that if something happens to the best of my ability i will protect them and take care of them and so they know it's a sense of security too and also for your kids but also for your spouse co-workers you know i had a compliment when i was with phoenix one of the younger guys told me once you know you're the guy that when you show up on scene we all feel a little bit better. We all feel like it's going to be okay. And be that guy. Be that guy. Be that guy that they yes. know will do the to the best of your ability. Nobody's bulletproof. Everyone can get their shit handed to them. But be that person uh, for your family, especially, that they know. Dad's a nice guy, great guy. But he, I know that when he's around, like, our family is safe. You know, that these days, that's a big thing. It's a More so thing. than probably when you and I were growing up. I never felt threatened. No, it's kind of sad, though, you know, quote, being prepared. It's like it's sad, like if I walk, go to the movies with my kids mm-hmm. or the mall, yeah. I call out the exits, call it out, you know, yeah. if you walk in. No, no, you know, know where the exit is, know where you need to go, things like that. Don't be so oblivious. So at least exactly. keep a little bit of situational awareness. Keep your head on a swivel. Uh, just don't be this la-di-da, you know, fucking balls on the in the phone, you know, be that guy mm-hmm. walking around yeah. or girl. No, uh, we do have that role. The one thing I do want to uh, talk about a little bit is there are many things within society today that are are designed, I think purposely designed, to remove the fathers and and destroy the role of father. And we're seeing this in uh, film, media, you know, government, everything The dad's always the buffoon, if you notice, in all the TV shows and movies. And yeah, dad's the idiot. That's (laughs) actually a very smart observation. Think about the shows we grew up in the 80s, The Strong Fathers, uh, Growing Pains. uh, uh, Mike C., what was uh, the one with Michael J. Fox? There was Growing Pains and there was... uh, uh, Family Ties, Family Ties. Yeah, or even think about, remember Little House on the Prairie? Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, Cosby Show, the the centerpiece was the, the strong dad, yeah. 
and all of these had that strong fire. And now you're right. Now it is. Let's be a doofus and let's. Yeah. You know, I'm on my phone all the time, and it's funny. And you know, hey, it's it's yeah. unbelievable. Well, this show everybody loves Raymond. It's just an angry wife just berating her husband constantly. I'm like, that's not funny. That's it's it's no no spouse should berate the other one in front of the kids anyway. If no. you got a beef, settle it in private quietly. Don't ever let your kids hear either one of you talk shit about each other. That just undermines the yeah. trust in the family unit. But you're right. There's a big, you know, media attack and uh, on the male role model. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's maybe nefarious purposes that if the dad's removed from the equation, maybe government can step in and be daddy who knows, but oh, yeah. don't let yeah. that happen. Be, be the, be the influence in your family, be the positive, the good vibes of your family, you know, and a strong leadership. It takes a lot of effort. You know, I'm, I'm still learning. Like I said, this is since my daughter moved in from Thailand almost two years ago now. It's the first time I've really put forth a conscious effort there you go. to effort. be a good father. Like, yeah. you know, I really think about what we're going to do, doing things, bonding moments, whatever it is. Whereas before I was just busy working and then my days off there for me to recover for the next work week. That was it. And, uh, and you know, it sucks. I apologize for being that way before, but I had a wise buddy tell me once, you don't know shit till you're 50. And I think he's right because it was probably till I was 48 years old where I started thinking, yeah, maybe I should actually be a father. You know, I, I'm reconnecting with my youngest and third child. Yeah. I don't want to be a piece of shit. You know, it, it's kept me from drinking. It, it got me more involved with her in jujitsu is a bonding thing and our movies and just different stuff we do and talk about, you know, we have a lot of good chats. Um, I just wasn't interested in chatting with my kids. I just was in a different uh, place in my life at that time. You know, you're also in the fight as a father. And what I'm talking about is the fight is again, you're, we're, we're going uphill against the, whatever powers that are trying to, you know, destroy nuclear family, uh, you know, uh, make fun of the father figure, or remove the father figure. But look what you did mm-hmm. uh, again with uh, uh, when your daughter first came with the 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 full access and full craziness of the internet. And you're mm-hmm. like, nah, that shit ain't gonna yeah. fly here. You know, yeah. that was an act of decision. You exactly. Yeah. You gave guidance, and and I think that that's we've lost so much of that because I think father. A lot of people think fatherhood is just like oh I gotta I gotta put food on the table. Fatherhood involves more than just the monetary support. It involves sacrifice, spirituality, emotional support. It, it's it's mm-hmm. all that. Um, you know, it's not well, just. Like, and also, eh, it's paycheck. not just being a, a friend. I think a lot of parents ah, in general, fathers, yes. they want to be their kid's friend, and so they don't want to be the bad guy. So they they let them have unlimited access to their phones. And my daughter and I struggled for a few weeks when I, I dropped the hammer on the phone, but she gets it now. Cause I sat down and explained it to yeah. her and, and better off, you know, discussed things and well, yeah, exactly. And I also lead by example. I can't tell her, Hey, get off your phone and I'm on my phone. <clears throat> it holds me accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't <laughs> teach someone to be a good person and be a shit bag. It does. They see right through that. Yeah. So hey. it's good. You know, like when we're watching a show together or we're play, we're eating dinner together. Uh, we like to play the, remember the game? Sorry. We like to play that. My oh, wife sorry. and daughter yeah, and I, I love sorry. And so there's just no phones at the table. We're in the moment. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, she knows there's certain times those phones disappear. She was even proud the other day. She said, dad, my phone usage today was 28 minutes. That's amazing. Cause when I did a, a, a phone check, 
her phone usage when she first came here from Thailand. Two hours. I checked once, 12 hours and like <gasps> 30 minutes. It was over 12 hours. Dude, can she you was just glued to that the phone. brain. Like, honestly, oh, 12 dude. hours of digital. Well, garbage. and I watched her once. Dude, she had multiple apps open. So she, not only was she scrolling up and down, but left and right and checking between oh. all these apps. And I asked her, how many apps do you have? She goes, I don't know, like seven or eight. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. you're going to choose three. And three is even too much. Choose three apps. Because I know she's got to communicate with her mother back in Thailand and whatever. But so I narrowed it down from like seven or eight to three. Nice. And then she has a window for social media, which is a, it was now it's six to nine at night, but during school hours, I think it's, it's whatever you get three hours a day of social media and that's it. And I said, the goal is I want you to do less than that. I want you to control it. You know, I I don't care if you're talking to your boyfriend or talking to your mom or maybe texting your little bestie or whatever, that's kind of normal usage for a phone. The social media is all junk. I don't, you're talking to people you don't even know or so she's finally grasped kind of the how gunky social media is how stupid it is and how addicting it is and she uses her phone what i would consider more appropriate fashion which is facetiming her mom back home facetiming her boyfriend talking to her little little rat pack of friends to me that's normal teenage stuff to sit there and just drool over social media is so stupid to me, it but is. she gets it now. The fact that the other, it was this last week, she was so proud that it was only, it was less than 30 minutes, like 28 minutes of usage on her phone. And I said, that's awesome. Remember when it was over 12 oh, hours, dude, I, what yeah. were you doing for 12 hours? I mean, it's just melting in your mind. Oh, it's terrible. It, you know, it's uh, fascinating. You know, you have these digital devices, um, you have absent fathers, either you know, physically or mentally absent. Um, right now, government's going crazy. They're trying to pass all these different laws, you know, because of un- the unfortunate stuff happening in schools. Um, came across this. Uh, your favorite, Mr. Barack Obama. Oh, yeah, my dude. Your dude, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was quoted saying, children who grew up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime nine times more likely to drop out of school and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Well, if you're acknowledging the problem there, then Mm -hmm. why aren't we, Mr. Elected officials, guys and girls, why aren't you spending the time, money and resource to help build the communities in need to solve the problem you already identified? Y'all know what the problem is. The, the, the king of the Democrats told you what the problem was right there. Yeah. But yeah, no, let's, didn't let's do go, anything though. Yeah. Let's go past this this gun control. Let's go past this. Let's go past that, guys. It, it's right there. It, it's we know yeah. where the problem is. Is is if there's going to be absent fathers in these communities, what are the support and resources needed to help these mothers? Period. Well, yeah. Where could they get? <clears throat> excuse me. Where could they get male role models? One of yes. my favorite guys to follow on Instagram. Uh, it's Mr. Jason something. Damn. I wish he's a, the black dude that does martial arts. Oh, yeah. And he had that, that very touching video of that kid that, that couldn't break the board. And so he got down on a knee and talked and the kid ended up breaking the board. That video went viral, which I found his page and he was even on Joe Rogan, I think. And I listened to his book. He has a great book. Can't remember the name of it because I listened to so many audio books, <laughs> but that dude is an amazing guy. It's a free martial arts program for the kids. You know, it's it's a some type of charity. He gets funded through donations or whatever. But why aren't we putting money into things like that 
in the mm-hmm. inner cities that want for to be poor white face. kids, black kids, Hispanic kids, low income, yeah. regardless of color. Yes. All this money that we waste. If like my <clears throat> my childhood got saved because my mom enrolled me in the Big Brother Little Brother program at the Y. Right? Are there still programs like that available? I don't know. They're dying. But I doubt in the big cities. I mean, no. They maybe don't have you the got. Funding. Well, that's what I mean. All this money that we throw around and spend on stupid shit. If we were building these community centers with good people, strong role models, both male and female, because who knows what that poor kid's home life is like. All he sees are the street gangbangers, you know, walking around doing fucked up shit. But if we had these community centers or trade schools, hey, I, I like to work with wood. Maybe I want to build shit with wood or build houses with wood. Or spot, Why don't we have that option? Well, that's what it, it's so disgusting because, you know, I, we throw all this money around in government. <laughs> <clears throat> and we we know what the solutions are here. Here, anyone who's listening who knows elected people, here's the solution: every city, inner city, should have a campus, and it should be free. The campus should be full uh-huh. of different type of mentors, like Clark. Yes. Said, you want to go into automotive? You want martial arts? Yeah. You want to? Yeah. You want to become an engineer? You want to come learn yeah. how to code computer science? Yep. It is a giant activity campus that is funded, okay, it, it, by taxpayers or whoever, and I guarantee you. Shootings will go down. Graduation rate will go up. Drug use will come down. Okay. Absolutely. It's it's so disgusting. I've talked to these kids on the street. I've talked to these kids as a cop on the street. They don't want to be gangbangers. They just, they honestly feel like there's not a lot of options. options. Their only dream to get out of the hood is to become an athlete or a rapper. That's their only dream to get out of the hood. And we all know the likelihood of that happening is, is slim to numb, slim to none. But a reality could be for those kids, like you said, if there was a big ass community center, some campus they could go to mm-hmm. and learn shit. It, humans want to be successful. We want to have purpose. We want to be good. Mm-hmm. We're just tempted by bad. We're tempted by evil all the time. But people want to do good. It feels good when you do good. If yeah. you hold a, a door open for an old lady, it feels a lot better than stealing her purse. Absolutely. But these inner city kids feel like there's no other option. They feel like there's no other way out of their situation. And that's our fault as a society. It is. They should know, hey, I'm not going to sell drugs like my cousin who's now spending 20 years in prison. I'm going to this community center and I'm going to learn how to work on cars. I'm going to learn how to work on computers. I want to be a fucking coder. Like you said, there should be unlimited options, martial arts, sports. And we could fund that shit. Well, it, you it, just need one Per city, maybe some satellite campuses in the bigger cities, but we don't even even have something like that that I'm aware of. It's even sadder because the thing is, you don't necessarily even need government. Each state has prominent universities. So let's take where I grew up, you know, so Detroit. Detroit's a rough city. Okay, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, you have the University of Michigan and Michigan Mm -hmm. State, which have, well, University of Michigan alone, the endowment fund is in the billions. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to put a campus in these cities to be like, listen, we want you to be a future uh, graduate university of Michigan. We're going to start you now, guys. Go, you know, yeah, get smarter, get better, get stronger. Yeah. You could have universities uh, like, uh, you know, five, six of them all come together, fund a fund. And, mm-hmm. and it's just getting it's it's getting them addicted to being a good person and education and those values early versus turning a blind eye. It, of course. It's bullshit. It, it's well, or how about instead of these 
rich motherfuckers donating millions into political campaigns. Why don't you donate millions into the fucking inner cities? There you go. Like Soros and these other motherfuckers. Oh, Zuckerberg, $700 million for Dropbox. How about that $700 million goes to the Bay Area and L.A. to build a fucking community center for the youth of that area? Wouldn't well, that be a better use of seven hundred fucking million dollars? I just I, what, what these people throw around money to donate to these political causes like it's fucking ridiculous. If you were to take that same money, like you said, we don't even need government money. There's plenty of wealth other places. Hell yeah, it's not allocated to the youth. Mm. And I, I guarantee you, like I said, I've talked to these kids. They want another option. They yeah, feel right. like there's no other option. Well, that's the that's, school sucks. The teachers suck in the inner cities. Well, it's and also so, you're going to school in a prison. You have the yes. the metal detectors. You you have the yeah. risk of getting shanked or shot, and you have gangs yeah. running the school. It, it's mm-hmm. you know I think that's what's so troublesome. Every time um, you know everyone gets irate uh, when these 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 violence occur at schools, and everyone wants to blame this or blame that, but no one really we don't wants we to. don't the why why exactly. is this happening? Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 this is not brain surgery guys the why is right in front of us but no one wants to allocate the money and time yeah you know yeah. go you know go spend the, the the all the time the right you know uh is passing these stupid laws and oh it's red flag law this and it's this law and mm-hmm. we need background check. really you think that's yeah. the issue you think well, that's that- the easy way out politicians <laughs> can do that right. and then get people off their backs oh look we passed this gun legislature we're going to be safe now and then of course these school shootings have happened really since Columbine, since the early 90s. It just happens every you know couple times a year. But the hard thing would be to really roll up your sleeves, invest in the inner cities and, and across the nation have these these youth programs where they do learn valuable shit. Yep. That's the hard solution. That's the hard road, because then you have to organize and build and structure and fund. But it's a lot easier to whisk some bullshit 80 page document through Congress and the Senate and have yep. Biden sign it. Yep. It's a joke. It's the easy way out. All it is is to appease people and foolish people will think, okay, good. We're safe now. Well, <laughs> no, you you're know, not. You know, Cause we weird. have a, a mental health problem. We, we need do. to address. But uh, getting back to the father figures and why there were more options outside the house and on uh, how this helps mm-hmm. to develop young men and women Think about when we were growing up. I, I won't even go back to before the times, uh, you know, 60s, 50s, and 40s, because there's way more per. But even when we were growing up, Cub Scouts were still the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, yeah. the Girl Scouts, the 4-H's, the YMCA. Yeah, Everywhere yeah. you turned, there was something to get involved with that, yeah. that, that either built you mentally, spiritually, or physically. And, and yeah. these have just are disintegrating. They're, yeah. they're going. So why do you think we're having problems all of a sudden the past exactly. two decades is because shit, you know, there used to be a Y in every town. There used to be. Yeah. I mean, YMCA look, was huge. Yeah. Look at the Boy Scouts. There's not even the Boy Scouts anymore. Right. Or, yeah. They have girls in the Boy Scouts, but still have the Girl Scouts. It's right. weird. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they need more cookies in the life. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. And then that used to be a tool for mothers like mine. There were single moms. Mm-hmm. There were things you can involve your children in where they free. get that education, mentorship. Yeah, for free. Yep. And so I think we need to get back to that. I we think do. if we if we start allocating funds and, and building these resources that martial arts dude's a perfect example of how many lives that guy is changing by teaching these kids martial arts and yes. respect and all the stuff that comes with it. He's saving lives. I mean, it's it's amazing. 
what this oh. guy does. I wish I could get his name. Um, I'll maybe make a post on Instagram about it. But let's it's try and just, get him on the show. Yeah, that would be I'm great. Serious, I'm let's, sure let's we can reach, reach out to him and, and talk about what he's done. It's it's amazing, and that's just one, one guy dude. making a huge difference. One. Imagine if more of us got involved like that, or imagine if God forbid our government did some good for once and got involved with, There's Hey, you know idea. what? Yeah. We're going to allocate, you know, th- this, this much money to inner cities. And, and of course the problem is how many pockets does it lie before it actually gets down to the, <laughs> the actual, where the rubber meets the road, it gets filtered so much that a hundred billion ends up a hundred bucks. I, that's by why the time I, it- <laughs> I think there should be a civilian board that, that runs that kind of stuff. So the money comes from the government, but the way it's spent and, and distributed, it's yeah. like a business board. And it's it's got to be up. its own It's like thing, your local so. chamber, right? So it's it's the mm-hmm. same principle where you can't grease the wheels and it's all bullshit. It, you yeah. Know, so there's, there's a way to set it up for sure. But like we said, there's there's other private ways to do this. That guy is doing oh, yeah. it on his own amazingly. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. Well, let's good. give some final thoughts here. Um, I, I think for me, uh, the biggest thing that we've kind of discussed in multiple ways is the most important thing you could probably do as a father or father figure is choose to be present, especially now. I mean, with every digital toy we have from even a wristwatch to the phone to your iPad to who knows, uh, be a father and uh, and f- carry your family through the storm. Um, absolutely know, push back against those who are under men undermining boys or, or girls or, or men or women in fatherhood and the family it's our job to fight this fight to keep our role and the importance of this role and in choosing to be present i think so i agree i just like to add uh be honest with your kids you know you yes. want to have honest dialogue with them as they grow up and their problems become more complicated Show your vulnerabilities, you know, don't always show this facade of everything's going to be okay. Cause we all know as dads, we worry about shit all the time. Now, do we filter most of that? Do we want to give the impression to our families that, Hey, I got this, but inside we're shitting bricks. Yeah. <laughs> but there needs to be an honest layer of communication with your kids and there needs to be trust. Yes. You know, when awesome. you're, when your daughter is of dating age, mm. You want her to be able to come to you with questions, problems, concerns about sexuality or whatever the scenario may be as they get older finances. And so my my final advice to dads out there would be honest with your kids and communicate with your kids, which goes hand in hand with what Ryan's saying. Be present in the moment. Don't be distracted by the same shit that you don't want them to be distracted by. And don't be a hypocrite. It takes a good person to teach someone to be a good person. You can't just throw catchphrases at your kid and then you're a shit bag yourself. You know, you got to walk the walk. (laughs) And that's like I said, having my daughter here has held me to a higher standard. And my personal growth in the last two years has skyrocketed because of this, this goofy kid that flew over from Thailand. (laughs) And it's made me a better person because I'm trying to be a better parent. So it's a win win. All I know is the universe and the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I, I, I'm sure you questioned that and look at that uh, recently, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Think about that, man. I mean, you're right. In two years, there's been a lot of growth. <laughs> it has. Dude, I tell you, it's, it's shit just works out in a weird way. But I yeah, brother. have used this scenario, this blessing to not just raise a kid, but for me to become a better person myself, man. It, it's, Amen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're... 
I, I think it's a tremendous journey. It's been it's been really fun to watch, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a much it. different person, man. But it's I feel, great. I feel I, great. Honestly, yeah. I think if you you know if you're if you're new to the show or you've been listening to the show for a while, I mean, I think people can see the progress. I mean, it's three years, close to three years doing the show, and I mean, you went from oh. we went from uh you know two booze bags getting someone hammered at. <laughs> Each I was going to say, if you're new to the show, listen to the Hamadi episode and then listen to this episode. Hamadi, Hamadi, Hamadi. Oh, gosh, that's the I best. do want, I do, someday when we have our own version of a Jamie, I want him to listen to that episode and count how many times I said Hamadi in that episode. Well, I, I would love to get a dude, like a, one of those engineers, just to make the greatest hits. And I just think that, I mean, that oh, makes the real. It's automatic. <clears> oh, that, that is, that is. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I love it. Uh, well, awesome. everyone, uh, next weekend's the fourth. We're excited about that. Um, so, you know, we will be talking about that. But uh, as we always say, Vibe Tribe, we hope you have a great week to all the fathers out there or father figures. Um, you know, go go hug uh, someone you're mentoring or, or your kid, you know? That's absolutely. You we hope you guys all had a happy Father's Day. And Father's Day is every day. Make sure that you're, you're doing the right thing, man. Well said, Wessel. Clarky, love you, brother. I'll talk love to you, you too, later. man. Bye, See tribe. you soon. Out. <laughs>